Good morning and welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am here with my dad, Jack Brinker. How are you doing today, Dad? I am doing great, Todd. Happy and, Monday. Uh, well, happy Monday to you. We uh, we have a, a, an expected international guest listener this morning. Uh, yeah, give a Marcelo shout out. Tosin from uh, Brazil. Uh, yeah. He lived with us for a year and went to high school many moons ago. Yeah, anyway. he's an exchange student here in the U.S. and uh, and uh, has uh, subscribed and said he's listening live. You can catch us live streaming at wakandabroadcasting.com. That's W-A-C-O-N-D-A, named after Wakanda Springs in Kansas, your home state. Near where I grew up. Yeah. Whoa. Your home state, my brother's home state. Me, I am Hawaiian. I hear that ring-a-ding. Yeah, I got it turned turned off here now. I can't take phone calls now. Anyway, that's right. Uh, got to mute the thing. <clears throat> so I forgot where I forgot where we were. Oh, I was going to say, Wakanda Springs was uh, right near the farm I grew up in Kansas. That's now under mm -hmm. a big, big pond. <clears throat> they built a big dam there and uh, buried yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, so there's now a large anyway, lake covering what was your familial home as well as the Wakanda Springs, right? Yeah, which was a historic Indian, Native American site that uh, had they had powwows and things like that when I was a young kid. Then the, mm -hmm. the Native Americans kind of let it go because it was sort of commercialized and they didn't want to come there anymore. But they, they did annually every once in a while and put on a powwow. It was an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, what's in the news today? Well, I am <clears throat> scanning around to see what's been going on. I know there's still a lot of uh, people sitting on pins and needles, at least Mac people, waiting to hear it, when and if there's going to be a March uh, announcement, since we are now March 1st. Um, a lot of people had anticipated some uh, new iPad Pros and maybe a new iMac uh, shortly. And so we'll see when that is going to happen. I suspect when they do announce like the iMac, I mean, basically, you know, Apple doesn't make a ton of different variety of computers, right? So um, they're, they're really popular, most affordable computers. They already switched over to the M1 chip and the Mac Mini. So what, the, what remains is the iMac and some of their more high-end laptops, and then lastly is the Mac Pro, and I suspect that'll be the last thing they switch over, and that'll probably be, you know, they said they plan to do everything within two years. Well, that'll be at the two-year mark, right? Yeah, something like that. And, yeah, and they announced all of this at the uh, at their virtual Worldwide Developers Conference last year? Was it a year? Are we, are we coming up on two years this year, or are we basically halfway through? Oh, wow. I think we're only about halfway through, aren't we? Didn't they you're announce all of old, this like... You, you know, yeah. you're testing an old man's memory. <laughs> yeah. I think they announced it last year, sort of June-ish, when they did their virtual Worldwide Developers Conference. And then they said they'd have the first ones out by the end of the year, which they did. And and that was only six months into it. And so, you know, that means by June of this year, they're halfway through it. It'll be June of 2022, probably, before they, they transition the last of them. Now, they may go yeah. a little faster than that. They just said within two years. But, 
yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And thus far, well, everything that they've announced really was they, they changed the innards, but the outward design of the device was nil. I mean, they look exactly like the computers that they replaced. Yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. I think that since Johnny I have got is gone now, uh, the creative new looks and all that kind of thing is kind of taken back seat at Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the techies, I think they'll uh, do some they'll do some more designs because I think you know by by creating machines that run cooler and don't require big fans and stuff, it's going to allow them to do oh, other things. Oh. Yeah, but, of course, um, but it won't, it won't get the emphasis that that it did when Johnny yeah. was there, you know. And yeah. and a lot of people I, say will think that's a plus too, you know. <laughs> oh well, the certainly tech- there'll be, you know. I think there there's already we've seen uh, a a slight shift in emphasis back towards um, more usability and less visibility. You know, it's it's like yeah, right. it's fine if they look good, but not at the expense of working well. You know, um, the right. whole uh, faux pas with the we're going to save two millimeters of thickness by by creating a new mechanism for keyboards that, oh, by the way, feels awful and almost and gets, you know, gummed up with little bits of, of junk repeatedly. Um, you know, that was I mean, there were a lot of a lot of longtime Mac people recommending people do not buy Macs, do not buy a Mac laptop because those keyboards were so bad. And quite frankly, yeah. I have always been a proponent of. You know, look and see if you can get one, especially directly from Apple. You can buy refurbished equipment. You know, they have a, yeah. a uh, uh, refurbished, and you can save, you know, usually somewhere between 15 and 20% by buying it as a refurbished. And it's f- directly from Apple, guaranteed by Apple as new um, or like new. And, um, you know, I would be very cautious about buying laptops between, you know, 2016 and 2019. You know, those three, almost four years of uh, yeah. of laptops have keyboards that are just not reliable. Yeah, well, mine was uh, supposed to be in that crowd. That was one of the, I got the first yeah. MacBook. Yeah. Which yeah, was a you were one of the first ones. The air, and uh, mm-hmm. I never had a problem with my keyboard. I, I don't know yeah. what, this, what it was all about, but just. Yeah. Mine well, fine. admittedly, though, you yours is very lightly used because about well, the time that's... you got that, you also got your first 13 inch or 12.9 inch uh, iPad, and you very quickly converted over to uh, iPad. Said I don't, I really, for the way you use computers now in retirement, you really don't need a keyboard very often. That, that's that's right. Yeah, it's a it's a rarity. But uh, but I, you know, I could do this Skype thing with you on the on the iPad too. But I got mm-hmm. the MacBook, so it's just easier to leave that set up in here. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to bring up uh, my most recent purchase. I don't have it yet, but I got real excited last week when I found a, a development project, project, one of those uh, fund me kinds of things, mm-hmm. and it's called the it's called the Audio Wow. Now, uh, just a brief little description. It's a it's a complete audio studio about the size of a max a matchbox. So it's a pretty tiny little gadget. Mm-hmm. But it's got a motherboard in there that's got a lot of features built into it. And basically, uh, the technology in it says stuff, you, you, pretty much everything you'd f- normally find in a recording studio has been engineered to fit in your pocket. Uh, and so uh, 
just uh, I'll mention some of the features and some that kind of got my attention. For example, uh, one is phone call recording and transcription. So it mm -hmm. does voice to text so that you can have a transcript uh, after your call of what, what was said. And, you know, if you're on a business call or something like that, which doesn't really make any difference to me, but my memory is not too good. And sometimes I don't get everything that comes through the call because of my hearing mm -hmm. being diminished. So if I can get a text later, I can oh, that's what they said. <laughs> now, yeah. I know most young, young guys like you don't need to worry about it, but but I thought that might be useful. That wasn't the real reason I bought it, though. Realize um, that in, in, in a lot of places, doing that without getting the consent of the person you're listening to is illegal. So you need to oh, make I know sure that. That, that you verify. Yeah. And in fact, um, I don't know if this device does it, but a lot of voice d devices that do that kind of thing also put, like, I think there's like, you have to have a beep every 20 seconds or something to let them know that they're being recorded. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know since I don't have it yet. But anyway, that's right. just one of, the, one of the things. Uh, one of the uh, demos that they have on their website that got my attention is that if you go outside uh, with any kind of a microphone device, uh, if it's the slightest bit of wind, even if you've got the little cone uh, foam thing that you stick on your microphone, uh, you still pick up a lot of noise. Well, this has got noise-canceling capability, and uh, their demonstration of that seemed really good. It, it, even indoors, a lot of times, you have background noise. Uh, mm -hmm. So then it's got a uh, set of... Uh, digital effects now by the way i thought that that uh outdoor pickup thing uh might be handy uh in uh the occasion where you might want to uh be around uh noise that might be disruptive and, and since i got a little puppy that sometimes comes in and mm -hmm. who knows what's going to go on we'll just see if it just see how it works if it's if, yeah if there's a little door rattling and stuff like that that will be uh picked up or not now when it comes to separation one of the things that uh was the real attraction to me is i like to sing along kind of kind of karaoke style but it's i always have trouble finding any decent accompaniment and this claims to devocalize any song uh for a backing track you can separate and just mm -hmm. get the backing track that you can sing along with yeah, and, I know uh, that technology has gotten significantly better. It's interesting to see that they're putting it into something so tiny. Yeah, yeah, just really surprised. And it's uh, AI-powered uh, auto transcription and subtitle generation. So uh, you can, again, get voice-to-text capability. And I don't quite know. I think the subtitle transmission is when you use it in conjunction with a video uh device and then you can put uh, tags on your video subtitles for wherever you are for uh, briefings and stuff like that and uh, mm -hmm. uh, that one could be handy I I haven't built a uh, any briefing charts in years but I've thought about just some for teachers uh, who do that often it's kind of nice sometimes to have titles and stuff on your uh, mm -hmm. on your charts and and you can also uh, put, uh, create a, uh, uh, a video of your charts uh, with your voice narration so that if you're not going to do it in person, you could just send it to somebody and, and kind of like give them instructions along with some uh, data to look at about what you're talking about. So mm -hmm. that could be pretty handy. Uh, and uh, 
It says mix any music and BGM and music video on the go. Uh, I don't, don't see that I would be using that, but uh, th those are just sort of highlighted 10 things that uh, the device does. Uh, so I, I'm going to try it out, and I should have it at the end of this week, maybe before next week, and then we, I can kind of go over mm -hmm. what, what I found out and how well it works. Yeah, I have yeah. Once you've got your hands on it, see how it works, and 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 you know what it does versus what it's advertised to do, right? Right, right. Uh, if I'd have joined in in a fundraising, I could have got it a little cheaper, but uh, I I didn't know about it then. Uh, but anyway, it mm -hmm. was an award winner. Uh, this year, uh, 2021, mm -hmm. at, at Com Comdex. No, that's not what it's called. The audio video, video thing in Vegas. CES. That they just CES Consumer Electronics yeah. Show. So uh, it, it was a, yeah. an outstanding award there. Uh, so it's uh, cool. apparently really impressed a lot of folks. And uh, so I'm anxious. Well, it to... sounds like they've jam-packed an awful lot into a very small space, a lot of functionality there. Um, yeah, now... You know. Now, what they do, they it works with an iPad or iPhone so that you download an app, and that becomes your interface for controlling the right. device. Other than that, mm -hmm. it just basically sits there between the device and your uh, 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 headset. It, it's totally wireless. Uh, wi uh, excuse me, what? Bluetooth. They use Bluetooth from the phone to the device just for controlling purposes, like set up equalization and recording and video and you know whatever right. it is you're going to do and that's how they're able to record the video or the audio and stuff off of it because the iphone uh you know you could mean you could do that on phone if they gave you access to that but apple keeps that blocked as a as a security measure and so you know but 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 if you're sending the audio and video to an a human being you can just as yeah. well send it to a device that then captures it and then sends it on right sort of that man in the middle right. type of of uh of setup um, right, which so, you know so has a lot of legitimate uses and needs, as as well as, to, as as well as some nefarious ones. So, well, uh, yeah. So, but anyway, what what's the what we're seeing? I think is just the tip of the iceberg, and and where we're headed in the future is that any uh, setup like this, like a, a a control board for an audio studio, uh, they take the electronics in that. Uh, uh, it put them in, uh, in a high-scale integration that, that they have available today, along with some AI and a little processor uh, and uh, interface stuff. All of that, is, it's kind of like the M1 chip for the computer world where they've integrated everything together mm -hmm. and made it go faster and everything. They get a lot. Yeah. So it's, I, I see this as just one, another one of those specialty things that they could uh, uh, package in a nice small size, uh, sure. got enough feature features and capabilities that it can attract quite a different audience. Uh, you know, only two or three out of all the things I went over were really enough to attract me to spend 150 bucks. I didn't mention the yeah. price, but that's that's what it costs yeah. with tax yeah. and so everything. It's, so it's not a complete, you know, no-brainer buy unless it happens to hit a target of certain some, you know, a functionality that you need. And need in a mobile sense, you know, right? Because it's not doing anything right. that you couldn't do previously with with some studio equipment, but it's doing it in a device the size of a matchbook that you can, you know, carry with you with your phone and and basically have a mobile studio. Um, right. right. And uh, 
you know, but that's that's the reality of today, right? Is is that anything that you can build or do electronically, you can build and do electronically in a very very small. I mean, basically put it all on a chip if you want, as long as you have some sort of interface to it. You know, whether that be yeah. some sort of a, you know keyboard or touch surface or a screen, so you can see what you're doing, depending on what that device is, and uh, and some some way to control or work with it. Um, you know, and and then it becomes something else. It becomes something different, right? Because it's uh, because you can make it small, it now has applications that might not have been available to you when it was, you know, a plugged-in thing in a studio. Right, so. and and I didn't, I did not mention all of the features of the device. So again, that's uh, called Audio Wow, A U D I O W O W dot com, I think is, was the address, uh, or just look for Audio Wow, and you'll find it. And uh, they've got several demonstrations, uh, uh, little videos you can play, and I think you'll be impressed. And uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to getting it now. So, yeah, well, I mean, I saw the links when you sent them to me. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what your, your thoughts are once you've actually got your hands on it and you get to see, uh, you know, what it does and how it works. And Because, uh, you know, it's funny, That's I think that, that has a lot to do with the success or failure of something is how do you actually like interact with it? Right. Right. When, when you, right. as a, uh, um, as a, uh, you know, end user Consumer. start playing with it. Well, what's the interface like? How do I get it to do what I want it to do? Right. I mean, you can right. have a wonderful, amazing capabilities, and when it shows up, you have to then, you know, like write code to make it do anything. You're like, well, that's not so cool. <laughs> right. But, uh, by, you know, if it's the, got a good interface. By um, the way, and, the software on the device, of course, is upgradable all the time as they need to. to uh, exactly. That's better. exactly where I was going is the fact that the interface is uh, all software means that it can be anything, right? Yeah, but even the device firmware can be re replaced and upgraded so it's not just the control part of it. It's the actual uh, microcode that runs the, the little matchbox uh, can be upgraded as well. So you never know how much, you know, what, what they can do in the expansion, or at least it, if there is a bug or something that can, needs to be fixed, they can do that. So it's, it's got that capability that you expect of any hardware these days with, with a micro, microcontroller in it. it uh, can be enhanced. So anyway, that's uh, that's what's new in my world. I haven't done bought anything as different as this in, in a number of years, but I it got my attention, especially after it was an award winner. I, I think that's where I first heard about it. And uh, I've been messing around with my keyboard and trying to do a number of other things. Some some of the things that this does. Uh, and so, uh, thought I'd give it a try. Uh, they do yeah. the company that makes this, by the way, and I didn't mention that. I don't mm -hmm. know if I have their name handy, but they have a number of devices. Uh, and in fact, another, one of their devices is a, uh, a microphone that works with this. And that gives you some other capability with two, uh, devices and acting in, in a stereo manner mm -hmm. uh so uh, uh and, and it also will mix an instrument input too so mm. 
Yeah. So if you're a, a musician out, uh, uh, you know, gigging somewhere, uh, you can you can plug into it and and record your performances to review later and say, yeah, that you know this was great, but I need to work on that or I need to adjust my balance a little bit. My you know maybe my my instrument's a, a little quieter, a little too loud, or you know, so uh, gives yeah. you some some additional capabilities while you're or there's uh, some there's some gee whiz gee whiz kind of things like audio filtering so that your voice can can sound real high or real low you know mm-hmm. and you can adjust that up and down now I, I was thinking about my grandkids when they come over you know i could mm-hmm. uh, be talking in a microphone and change my voice and i'm sure they'll be fascinated by it yeah you know, well, i'll tell you what next week standpoint. if you've got it and and you sound like one of the chipmunks I, i'm 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 shutting you off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to surprise you. Darn it! <laughs> yeah, you start sounding oh, well. like Alvin, and we're done. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so you know, there, you, when you can do it in a device like that, you know, whatever you can throw in that might be just a fun thing for kids to play with. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, they do it. Why not? Yeah. Well, it seems like there's an awful lot of stuff going on in this little device, so it'll be real interesting to see how it, uh, you know, what the, what the reality is once you get your hands on it. Um, like you said, it's gotten really good reviews, and so people who have, you know, people uh, apparently people who have it are liking it, you know. And and I don't mean to sound skeptical, but I know that there's there's ways to game reviews these days too. You know, in fact, there's been uh, some exposés written on how people do that for. Uh, stuff they're selling on Amazon, you know, so that they get a whole bunch of good reviews and people think, oh, this thing's wonderful. And then they get it and it's not. And they're like, well, wait a minute, how come all those reviews were in there? And they were verified purchases. And you're like, well, well you know, and they're yeah. not usually doing it for something that's $150 items. They're usually doing it for cheaper items, but sometimes they will, uh, you know, have a whole bunch of employees and or friends of the family uh, make Apple or Amazon accounts with different names and they'll actually buy the product and say wonderful things about it. You know, <laughs> they can return it and get their money refunded. They don't care as long as they can be, get that little verified purchase tag. Cause that lends some, um, some, uh, credence to their, to their review. Right. If it's a verified yeah. purchase from, from Amazon and that's something Amazon did to try to, to to stop people from going in and just putting in reviews and not even you know somebody who had they don't even know if they bought the 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 product but they're putting in reviews positively or negatively about stuff and so Amazon said well let's uh, see if we can put a stop to that so they started tagging it like yes we verified that this person bought this but yeah. you know that, yeah. there's still ways around that too so you know I I don't know about you when I go buying something if it's not something that I already know about. Um, I do look at the reviews, but I go out of my way to try to make sure I read some good and bad reviews. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like if I see a bad review and they're complaining that, you know, it showed up late or, or, um, you know, it was dead on arrival. It's like, well, that's not really a review. That was, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, unless there's a whole bunch of saying they were dead on arrival, it was like, okay, you know, that happens something sometimes, you know, one of them gets off the factory line and it doesn't work. Or, you know, it's not the, you know, don't blame the product because UPS delivered it a day late. You know, I mean, you okay, get, there's I lots of find... reasons, pe- lots of reasons people give bad reviews, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, I and did not find all of the, them are the, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I did find the company name that makes it. Uh, and you oh, might yeah, want to give go to their website because it's S-A-B-I-N-E Technology Company, comma, limited. 
so it's it's a from Great Britain as far as the the company is, and uh, as I said, they have several other products that, in addition to this one, but uh, S A Sabine I guess or Sabine I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, yeah. So on, on that site, their uh, uh, ratings uh, reviews for. Uh, for the product, they only had five reviews on, on it thus far, uh, 4.7 out of five. And uh, Now, I wonder so, if they're related but, to Sabine Tech, which is S-A-B-I-N-E-T-E-K, and they sell audio equipment, and they're also U.K.-based. They sell uh, auto-sync microphones and, and uh, record and mix multi-channel audio stuff. Sounds like the in. same company, doesn't it? Yeah. kind of does, but it, interesting. Yeah, I don't have their website here. I just have the company name printed out, so the the site might just be Sabine Tech. Sabine Technology, what? Limited? Company Limited. Yeah, Sabine Technology Company Limited is Sabine. Okay, so their website is Sabine Tech. uh, S-A-B-I-N-E-T-E-K dot... uh, what is it? Dot com. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, they so, make um, uh, some studio broadcast stuff, a variety of different types of microphones and 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 uh, and connectivity, smart connectivity wires. And it sounds to me like they're pretty innovative. You know, if you look at the kind of thing, the kind of things they're doing, they're doing a lot of interesting things in um, in audio. Yeah. You know, yeah. and a lot of like uh, field audio. So, like, if you're out in the field recording things, um, ways to right. deal with, like, noise and uh, and uh, and what's going yep. on out in the, you know, in the real world as opposed to, you know, sitting in a perfect studio. Although they do have a Bluetooth mixer sound card console for doing, like, live streaming broadcast things like we're doing if you're going to mix in multiple sources. Uh, right. You know, there's lots of ways to do that, though, too. I mean, that, that's a, there's a lot of competition in that field. But it uh, seems like they are, A, relatively affordable, and B, taking a different tack than the average company, you know. So they, they seem to be innovative in their, in their approach, which uh, is interesting. I like that, yeah. you know. I mean, whether or not it turns out that their approach is the right way to go in the long run remains to be seen. But I like companies that don't just, you know, say, well, we're going to make another you know, widget just like everybody else's widget and see if you like our widget. No, they, they they rethink it and say, well, maybe the widget should be in two parts because this part could be portable and this part could be at the office and then you could do things you couldn't do before. You know, it's right. nice to think <laughs> about, uh, think about your widget. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool company. Cool company. I'm, I'm real interested to see what, uh, what you think when you get it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting real will, anxious. Uh, I, I think it comes the end of this week, so maybe I'll have next weekend to play with it a little mm-hmm. bit before I get it. But uh, yeah, well, something anyway, I've been playing around with. Um, you know, you, we're talking about latest pieces of tech. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there, especially with uh, with COVID, doing a lot of uh, home education and stuff. And a lot of students have been using Chromebooks. Uh, you know, and that runs Chrome OS, which is essentially like an expansion of the Chrome browser where everything runs in, the, in a browser window within your device. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that there's also a, a, an entity, a thing called a Chrome box. 
and it's essentially just a small computer that you plug into a monitor and keyboard, and it works just like a Chromebook, except that it, it instead of having a, a, a keyboard and, and laptop screen, it uh, it pops up with a um, uh, you know you you plug it into your your keyboard and mouse like you would a a Mac Mini or you know one of the Nook PCs. And uh, I have a Nook PC, and I have a, a Mac Mini, and I have a Raspberry Pi. And now I've got a Chromebox also plugged in there. So I can switch back and forth with my keyboard switch between the different operating systems in each of the different machines. So I can kind of see what they do and don't do and stay up to date on that. And So, uh, it, boots, so it boots off a ROM, basically? Yeah, it, and it's, um, it's, it's self-updates uh, over the web to the latest versions of the Chrome OS. Um, uh, each of them, uh, they, they tend to support hardware for about six years, six or seven years, uh, before you have to, you know, upgrade the hardware in order to stay updated with Chrome, similar to Apple. Apple's usually somewhere in that same six to eight year yeah. range, uh, before they no longer support the most current, you know, OSs and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it boots up and you're basically right into Chrome as a, uh, as a, uh, operating system. And the current versions of Chrome OS support the downloading of Android apps. And so you can launch and run a whole bunch of Android apps on that on that desktop, as well as, you know, any of the Chrome based apps. And and there's a whole bunch of of, uh, uh, software companies who have built web based apps that run in the Chrome environment. You know, in addition to Google, obviously, they, they make sure that all of their you know, Google Office uh, functionality is is runs very smoothly in their own environment, and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just interesting to be aware of what the other other people in the world are doing. You know, Chrome recently surpassed Mac OS as the number two operating system in the world behind Windows. Now they're both in the low double digits. I think twelve percent for one, and and uh, and like sixteen percent for the other, and then the remaining. Uh, you know, 75% of computers in the world run Windows. <laughs> There's a few Linux people out there, but they've always been single-digit numbers in terms of percentages. Uh, oh, yeah, and, and, and you're just talking about uh, uh, the Apple operating system, not not the phone operating system, I, not iOS, because that's that the is biggest correct. seller. That is yeah. correct, yes, that is. And it is not the biggest seller. Android outsells the iOS by well, three to one. Yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of installed base. Uh, right. Now, if you want to talk about how many people are running the most current version of each of them, then, yeah, Apple's way ahead because Android people tend to buy their phone with whatever operating system it had on it and, and never update. Um, yeah, I had I had rarely. one of those early ones, and I, I thought, yeah. oh, boy, we'll be able to yeah. update. Shoot, I think I had it for two years and still no updates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and before we have a bunch of Android people uh, reach out and say, that's not true, I update mine all the time. Every time there's a new version. Yeah, if you do it. If you do it, and if you're not reliant on your phone company to um, to right. provide a version for your particular model of phone to upgrade to, um, then you get updates. And Samsung's pretty good about doing it now. They didn't used to be, but they are now. Um, and so it's much better for the Android world than it used to be in terms of updating and running on the most recent software or software on your machine, on your phone. Well, I, but I, even I, then... I th- a lot of their old phones don't support the newest version of the operating system, uh, at least not the way it's done within the within the iOS environment, where I could be running a, an iPhone 6S, which is 
gosh, um, how many years old now? Six, seven years old. And it, I can still run the most current version of the operating system, and it yep. automatically updates when there's updates available. Well, I think that's the reason that Google got into the phone system. So that is, I think it's a Pixel, isn't it, they make? Uh, and that, yeah. that, of course, you can upgrade much more often than the other ones because they do it like Apple, you know? Yeah. Any, any, up, any updates immediately run on their, their Pixels, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. They do that. And I think some of the uh, Motorola phones also update, you know, day and date of the update posting online. They can start downloading it. Um, but that was part of, yeah, because Google was frustrated because, you know, Samsung runs Android, but Samsung would not make versions of the latest Google operating systems available for Samsung devices for a long time. And like I said, Samsung is much better at it now. Um, and so it's not as big a deal as it used to be. But uh, but even now, if you look at the statistics in terms of like the installed users, how many people out there are using Android devices and how many of them are on each of the different versions. And mm -hmm. um, usually there's a large balloon around the like the uh, two versions ago version of Android. And then, uh, you know, the last version is is a little less and the most current version is usually substantially less. And they slowly work their way back up. Um, yeah, you know. Well, my, in terms mine, of, of mine was installed. A, I, I I like mine because of the name. I got the Droid from Motorola. Yeah, <laughs> one of the early devices, and I still have it. And I think it was maybe a year ago. I uh, I found it amongst the, my some of my junk boxes, and, and mm -hmm. so I charged it back up and turned it on, and hey, it popped up. Of course, I didn't have a phone connection, but I yeah. had my interface there, and I said, "Oh, music!" So I pushed the button. Lo and behold, my music that I'd stored on it was still there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have a Motorola phone, too, that um, I'd had for a long time. And then um, when they came out with the Google Pixels, I think it was the Google Pixel 3a, I bought one, used it for a month instead of Apple. I switched over, used everything through the Android system just so I could, you know, I didn't want people saying, well, you know, you just haven't used it, so you don't know. And yeah. um, and so I used everything, and I wanted to have the most you know vanilla version of Google, so I, or Google of Android. So I used the Google Pixel, which used you know just straight Android, no add-ins that 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 uh, or, or interface changes that were made by the phone manufacturer. I just wanted straight Android, um, so I could do an apples to apples comparison to the iOS uh, system. And you know, from and then, and then when I was done at the end of the month, I I then sold the phone to somebody and and went on my merry way and back to my iOS setup. Um, and although I will say the first week it was a little confusing for me to get certain things done just because I was used to doing it one way and it now worked slightly differently. But as far as like finding the exact same app on the Android store and downloading it. And so that I would have the same functionality and capabilities on the phone. I was able to do virtually everything with the exception of one app, which right now I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. And then the other thing that bothered me the most was I am, uh, have become a fan of my Apple watch. And while I had a Samsung watch that I was able to use and sync with the Google, um, pixel it, uh, it, the functionality was just, not the same. It was very limited. And so it was um, uh, very disappointing in terms of how my watch interfaced with the operating system and, uh, in, in terms of utility. I found that, that I, I didn't get attached to using the Samsung watch because it just didn't work very well 
compared to the uh, Apple Watch and how well it integrated with the use of the phone. So well, that's one one of the things about the hobbyists, you know, and the tech uh, guys that just you know like new stuff, mm -hmm. like we've we've always had. You end up with a whole bunch of stuff in a junk pile somewhere <laughs> as yeah. time moves on. Yeah. You know? Well, in this particular and, case, I was I was I moved quick enough and was was honest with myself and said when i'm done with this i'm going to sell it and so I, w I was getting ready to put it on ebay and one of the uh, people that i coach with was looking for a new phone and i said well you know i bought this last month i've used it for a month as a demo everything's you know like new uh you know if yeah. i give you a 10 percent discount off of new price would you buy this one from me instead of going and buying a phone somewhere else and she went yeah so yeah so we did you it. know just out of out of curiosity i i I was wondering if I got on and with my model number of my my droid phone, it's probably I don't know ten years old or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't haven't kept track of time, but it's probably at least that. Uh, and sometimes certain of those devi early devices uh, increase in value. You know, at some point, somebody's museums or whatever want to pick yeah. them up or fill out a collection or yeah. something. Yeah, I and, suspect uh, it's not museum stuff, but sometimes what happens is is that some um, word will get out that that you know if there's a device that had like a certain chip in it, that there's now some cool thing you can do with, then a lot of people will go, yeah. oh, let me go find one of those old phones because I can go do something with that one that I can't do with a modern phone because of some, and and it's amazing how many times <laughs> when people are designing a chip that they'll put like a piece of functionality in there that never really gets looked at. You know, but then later on, somebody will come back and go, hey, did you know that this chip could do this? You know, this phone can do this, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you yeah. know, it might be something as simple or as, uh, as hey, this can record, uh, you know, these calls really well and at a good high quality. And then people who are doing podcasting will say, hey, well, that's that's an advantage. It's built in. They've got hardware that does good recording. We'll uh, let's let's go buy up a bunch of old phones and suddenly the value goes way up. So. Yep. Hard to say. Anyway, as long as we're having fun and, and uh, we think it's worth it, right? Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I looked at the, you know, this um, uh, Chrome box that I got. You know, I mean, it was inexpensive and it's an operating system. I mean, I had an old Chrome laptop, but it was to the point where it was so old that they would no longer update it to the latest version of the Chrome operating system. So I was no more I wasn't able to see what was going on in the world of Chrome anymore. And so I thought, well, you know, I don't necessarily need another laptop stacked up somewhere that I have to go pick up and turn on to use where I can here. I can just hit a button and switch to that computer uh, and use it for things when I want to. And I can play around with it and learn about it. And so um, I just you plugged know, it into I, my desktop I setup. I have my very first Apple product in my hand right now. It's a 15-inch computer, my, uh, mm -hmm. my Apple Pro. 15-inch from 2008. 15-inch laptop? Yeah, so yep. it's a MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's That's about right. an inch, inch and a quarter thick. Yeah, it's heavy, too. Yeah, this right. Back in the day when that. that was considered thin and svelte, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this wasn't uh, the solid cast aluminum that they extruded and made space for mm -hmm. components. Uh, gee, I'm noticing my battery's swelling here. Maybe it's... Uh, my, leaking or something i better take yeah. that out of there now i was going to say that was the model that was one of the last models there where you could you could it had replaceable batteries on it right yeah yeah that's something else that batteries hmm, i hardly get it out of there i i got one side loose but the other side's 
Tough. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, there it came loose. Yeah, the battery's swelling. I don't yeah. want to leave you that. You know you there. can. Yeah, so you need to make sure that's disposed of safely. Um, yeah. Uh, but they, you know, you can go on Amazon and buy OEM versions of that exact battery and snap it in there, and then that 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 laptop's perfectly workable. Yeah. I mean, it'll run well, the older you, version, whatever the latest version of OS that it did support, you know. As I recall, uh, the last time I uh, had it out, the battery didn't work, and I could, but I could run it with the battery out of it as long as it's plugged in. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you can know, do that. Just, but if you wanted to, I know you can go buy replacement batteries, and they're actually not very expensive. I mean, 30 40 bucks yeah. for a... Uh, a snap-in yeah. replacement battery. Now they may have gone up in price because the computers are getting more rare these days. But at one point in time, they weren't that expensive. Well, I, I doubt if they manufacture the batteries anymore. They'll sell them as long as they've got them, but uh, it's a limited supply, so. I expect. Well, I've you know, the batteries enough. inside are just probably little double A size batteries that are packed in there. Um, yeah. Well, know, that's thing, before they were cool. using the gel pack custom design batteries too. Well, I'm uh, I can't quite see, but this looks like a gel pack. Uh, it, but it's definitely popped open. There's a case that I couldn't push shut because it's uh, it's too fat. So it's got uh -huh. a negative, got a bad reaction in there. So I'm glad I got it out when I did because uh, it would would have probably started leaking or something at some point. Yeah. In fact, yeah, it, they can start leaking. Yeah. Well, also if they mix the wrong parts of them inside internally, they can they can get really warm and sometimes even catch fire. So, um, yeah, you know, depends on what yeah, the I chemistry gotta... is. But, yeah, I would say get that disposed of and out of your house pronto. Yep. Yeah. Now, it is hazardous waste, so you have to figure out where to take it. Like, um, yeah. our, in, my, in my community, there's a, uh, a dump that has a specific <clears throat> electronic waste area where you can go drop off old screens and, and batteries and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just give somebody a call. I don't want to just... If you throw it in the trash, you're endangering somebody else. You know exactly. That's why I'm saying, yeah, you, you need to treat it as a as the hazardous item that it is, and make sure that it's it's not that they won't take it and recycle it or handle it, but that they just need to be aware of what it is. They don't want it like in a trash can somewhere. Um, you know, especially if they take it just to a regular landfill and then they roll over it and crack it open, and now they've got these toxic chemicals spilling out into the ground. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the newer ones are less so, but still, got you know, electronics need to be disposed of properly. Right. So. Oh, I see why it doesn't come on now. I don't have the switch on, and I can't reach it from here. Oh well, I'll do that later. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to power it up, just a heck of it, to see if it worked. But mm -hmm. now, do you remember? I think that was like a two thousand and eight, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I drove to the, I was still full-time RVing, and I was parked in, in uh, Tampa, Florida at the time, at the RV park, <clears throat> and I went to the nearest Apple store, which was uh, several miles away, and uh, I got caught in the traffic <laughs> in the afternoon, you know, late afternoon traffic, uh -huh. and so I was anxious to get home and play with it, and here I'm sitting in the car in traffic and looking at my new computer and saying, oh, man, I wish I could get out of this. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I got mine, I was teaching at the time and we were doing um, parent teacher conferences and they were, you know, they were scheduled so that you had a certain time when you knew when people were coming in. So I had a, a, in my list, I had um, uh, ordered one, too, and it came in at the Ma Apple store 
and I had a parent-teacher conference like at, at uh, 8 in the morning, and then my next one wasn't until 2 in the afternoon. So mm. 8 in the morning, I was like, just couldn't wait to get out of that conference because as soon as I did, I was like, okay, I'm going to run down to the Mac store. <laughs> so I ran down, did the same thing, drove back and sat down in my classroom and was playing with my new new computer when the next group, the next family came in later in the afternoon. It was like, I, I don't want to talk to you people. I, I'm playing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like I had to squeeze it in. But I was lucky because there was a big gap in the middle of the day so I could go get it. Because so, I coach after practice and after school, so it would have been probably the next day or even the weekend before I was going to be able to get it. It just so happens I was able to get to it then. Yeah, so well, the 2008 you. MacBook Pro 15-inch uh, had a um, two USBs and one 800 megabit. Now, those are USB 2, uh, two series. No, one, USB 1. And a, an 800 megabit FireWire. So it was the second generation of FireWire. It had uh, one yeah, mini I used I have a hard drive with a firewire uh, connector that yeah. you could connect yep. to that. Yeah. yeah, it has had one mini display port. It had an infrared port, and do you remember it came with a remote, so that if you were to uh, launch I, I, iTunes to watch I, a movie, you could use the remote to fast forward, pause, play. Right, right. Yeah. Now, you say it has two USB. It actually has three. It has two on one side and one on the other one, and. Uh, uh, I'm not just sure what the difference is, but they all look the same. Are you physically. sure that that's not um, uh, some other kind of port on the other side? Oh, sure wait a minute. USB? Okay, there's. I take it back. On the right side, I thought there were two USB. It's not. It's the one that I have. A, uh, it was an earlier interface that Apple had for a hard drive, and I forgot what they called that, but I have a hard drive that's that needs that cable too. Firewire, we were just talking about. Fire. Oh, yeah, that's FireWire, right. Yeah, there's FireWire, okay. and then there's a display port, which is a kind of rectangular uh, Yeah, uh, I got that. Shape. And, and there's there should be an the Ethernet telephone. connector, right? Ethernet, yep. Yeah. And then there's this big gray thing with a whole bunch of, of plugs, and I forgot what they called it, but uh, it was a slower parallel interface. Gray um, thing? Oh, that was probably your DVI, your display port? D yes, that's it. That's the DVI. Yeah. Yeah, DVI. So that was digital uh, video interface, DVI. I had to think yeah. about that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and the other thing, you had there's an express card slot. Remember express yes. cards? Yep. Yeah. They were like, those. those were like three, three and a half inches long and maybe an inch and a half wide. They yeah, were different than the. Too. Yeah. 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 There was a bus, uh, bus fact, basically. I in fact, I bought a drive to, that was, I could use in there, and boy, was it fast. This was mm -hmm. before they had the uh, solid-state memory, and so right. this was the best best uh, interface. Mm -hmm. so, it's interesting, looking at the Wi-Fi, it had A, B, G, and N, and it's only in the last year or so that, that they kind of surpassed N in terms of Wi-Fi speeds, you know, in the last, well, maybe last three or four years. Um, so that that Wi-Fi interface was pretty much current up until just recently. So yeah, but the but the most important thing is the uh, power connector is one of those uh, little uh, five point yeah mag mag safe mag safe yeah they've reused right. the name for the new iPhone 12s but it's not the same connector 
But, no. uh, yeah, I always like the MagSafe connectors on the laptops. I know some people complain that they would pop off too easy. But, you know, the the whole idea was if somebody walked by and bumped your cable, they didn't, like, yank your computer down onto the floor and mess it up, that the thing would just pop loose and it would snap right back into place, which I always liked. And you could put it on either way. It didn't matter whether it was right side up or upside down because there was no up and down. So. Yep. Yeah. That had an NVIDIA uh, graphics card. That was before NVIDIA and Apple had their falling out. Because, you know, Apple doesn't hasn't used any NVIDIA stuff for quite a while. Hey, I so. see I have another I have another uh, uh, battery pack for this. This must be the... Uh, I, th- I think I bought two of them the last time, so in case the one died, I'd have another one. So I got one. <laughs> oh, okay. So you just need to plug it in and charge it up, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting it out here so I can have it ready. Yeah. I can find the time to get to the switch to turn it on anyway so, yeah that uh, 2008 machine was actually pretty pretty solid at nvidia graphics and uh uh in, in so it had external graphics in addition to the built-in intel graphics um, and my recollection was is that you could it would switch between them like if you needed high-end graphics it would use the nvidia but if you wanted to save battery and we're just doing something like you know word processing and spreadsheets then it would automatically switch back to the built-in intel graphics so that it would uh, save power yeah it was it was a nice machine and uh, you know it's like anything else finally when the, i couldn't upgrade the os and they had come mm-hmm. out with a new macbook yeah. and at, at the time i was thinking that uh since i had a this maybe the screen was a little bit smaller than my ipad that it'd be okay just for the occasional use right and uh, price had a lot to do with uh purchase yeah. i didn't uh i didn't get the most expensive one which is usually what i yeah. do right uh, but even was, so that was more expensive than the macbook air but it was the newest and latest because it was was tiny and light i mean you went to something that weighed less than two pounds from something that weighed 5.5 pounds right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i mean that then, that was then, a significant change but but the thing I about it at that time I didn't know how well I would like the uh, iPad, but it right. didn't take long. It didn't take long, and I yeah. realized, oh geez, I probably shouldn't have even bought a computer. Although yeah. I, I, really... I actually remember you having that conversation. We talked about that, and you were not convinced. Uh, you know, you bought you basically bought the computer because you had always had a computer, and you were concerned about not having a computer. Because and, and yeah. even though you had you had the iPad first, it was sort of like. I don't think this can replace my computer. And quite honestly, quite frankly, then it probably couldn't. Yeah. You know, there have been enough upgrades in the operating system. And, of course, you've upgraded uh, the uh, the iPad itself as well since then. But you just did that recently. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, um, you know, early on there were just it, – it was – it was very limited. And quite frankly, I think, although, you know, um, there will be those who disagree with me, I think that you can use an iPad for anything that you want to use your eye or any that you want to use any uh, traditional computer for these days. You just have to learn to do it differently because it doesn't right. work the same way. And so, you know, for kids coming up who used iPhones and stuff, that's going to be the natural way for them to do it. So they're going to look at using a traditional computer as the awkward, strange thing. It's just us old folks who grew up using computers who are saying, well, it's kind of weird to do it this way, and we have to kind of relearn it. But, you know, right. it, I mean, frankly, especially on the Mac world, 
they have the same processors now. So, it, you know, it's not like one's going to be stronger or faster or more powerful. You can't say I'm using the laptop because it's more powerful. It's really not. Right. You, you know, know, you just touched on a point that I've been thinking about. You know, I when they came out with the M1 and I said, man. Apple Silicon, that'd really be great to have. But then I thought, yeah. oh, it's a damn computer. Do I really yeah. want a computer? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, do I really need that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for 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 people my age, uh, there just aren't enough reasons to justify a computer. Mm-hmm. There just aren't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially if you have an iPad and you're used to using it. it it's just so much easier for most things that I do. Yeah. That... Uh, it's yeah. Just, uh, well, and it depends on your use cases, too. Like you said, we could be doing this as off of iPads. But um, for my case, where I'm sort of the hub of the of the, the podcasting and stuff, and if I wanted to bring in multiple people to talk, it's difficult to do things like that where you're multitasking things on the iPad. Again, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just more difficult. There are things that, that a computer right. are more suited to. But if you don't do those things, then you don't need one. You know, is right. I had a conversation on the radio show this morning with Aaron, and she was asking about possibly getting an iMac or a desktop computer, and uh, and I said, well, don't buy an iMac right now because they're getting ready to replace all of them with the M1 based iMacs, and uh, I said, with one caveat, you know, I I'm not you, I don't know what software you use. There might be some software that you use that is that won't run on an M1, and if you absolutely need that software, then. Don't buy an M1, at least until you know it's going to be converted over and be available. Because, um, you know, Rosetta 2 runs most Intel stuff just fine on the well, on, on the M1, but not everything. And there's been some very noted pieces of software that just flat out don't run on M1s right now. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's not <clears throat> common software because they made sure it ran with Word and Excel and 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 Photoshop and Lightroom and, you know, the Adobe and Microsoft and all the, the big names. They all they made sure it works for that. But if you have some custom software from some small software company that you rely on to get your job done, and it, it may not run on an M1. And, and, and so, you know, you verify that before you commit. <laughs> right. Because yeah. if you buy an Intel Mac today, I promise you it's going to be supported and have operating system updates and be great for six to eight years. You know, yeah. you're going to get a but, good light. You're not, you're not wasting your money. Yeah, but by the way, the, there are a whole bunch of them on Apple now uh, that are refurbs and stuff, of, and even including M1s, uh, you know. but, but Yeah, there aren't many M1s. Of, <laughs> but most of them are Intels. Uh, but but I was surprised there were quite a few M1s in there. But uh, They were there the for prices, about a day. Have you checked it are, since then? No, I haven't. I did. <laughs> I did because oh. I was really tempted when I first saw them, and then by, when I went back to look, only the least, like the bottom end ones. There's some refurbs available of the M1, that the cheapest ones. Uh, but you're right, yeah. the prices are awesome. <clears throat> yeah, you could save a couple hundred dollars on an M1. So if you just wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. spend spend some money for a toy, it's still not a cheap toy. <laughs> it was right. over a thousand dollars, you know. Yeah. Um, no, the basic M1 that you can get from them is like five fifty. Yeah. You know, right now from Apple. Yeah. If you go there. Um, is that is that the mini? That's the the oh yeah, yeah, the Mac Mini. I'm just talking about Mac Minis because that was what we were kind of talking about was desktop machines. Yes, okay. there are other laptops available too. But if you go to a, if you go there right now, well in fact they're all gone now. There are no M one Mac Minis in their refurb store. 
And when they were first oh. announced that, hey, there are some in there, they had them all the way from from the like five the the the, the base model that's normally like uh, six ninety nine. They had it for like five twenty nine uh, as yep. a refurb, and their fully loaded one. Uh, I think it was well, it wasn't fully loaded, but it was like a terabyte of space with sixteen gig sixteen gig of memory. Uh, was uh, two hundred dollars off, so instead of twelve ninety nine, it was ten ninety nine. Uh, but those all sold out. Bada bing, bada boom. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a fan of buying from Apple's refurb store because they give you basically a new warranty. Um, it doesn't come in quite right. a fancy of a box, but um, my uh, I have a, a uh, 2015 Mac laptop, uh, uh, MacBook Air, 13 inch MacBook Air, that I have. Uh, I got it in 2016, so it was like a year old when I got it. And mm-hmm. I intentionally wanted the, the 2015 model because the 2016 model, uh, they made it a little thinner and lost all the ports and went to USB-C. And I didn't want that. This The one I got still has an SD card slot in it. And, uh, you know, it weighs, you know, a couple ounces more. But, uh, you know, as somebody who does a lot of photography, I wanted to be able to have a machine in the field that I could plug in my memory cards and download photos without having to remember to bring a dongle. And, uh, and that uh-huh. was important to me. And I don't use my laptop that often anymore because uh, I work out of my studio here and I'm using a desktop machine. So it was like, you know, I, I have I still have no sense of urgency to replace that machine. It, it works great and it still supports the latest version of the operating systems. And um, but I would be having that conversation to myself saying, do I really need to replace that laptop? You know, yep. um, because at home, you know, I uh, when I'm not sitting in front of my computer. The iPad does everything I want, um, uh, you know, and I mean, I, I, I just you have to question whether or not, you know, a full computer is what you need for, for a given task. Yep. And and, uh, you know, uh, to 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 me anymore, it's just uh, not worth spending a thousand dollars for something just to play around with. 150 was my limit the other day. Yeah, for your little sound thing, gives, huh? Yeah, it gives me capabilities I don't have at all now. You know, so right? All all of those things are are uh, are kind of nifty little toys. Yeah. And I, I I and I doubt next week where I'll have played with the whole thing. I, I I'm really anxious. I'm to go rip off some various songs that I wanted to get the background for, and see how those. Right. Sound, See how it know. does it, extracting the voice out so you can turn it into a sing-along? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well it does that because, I mean, I have um, seen it done really well. Now, I don't know if you looked at it because you didn't respond when I sent it to you, but I sent you a link to a guy uh, who, who uh, on YouTube breaks down um, music where he takes it and, and, and uh, you know, breaks down how, you know, each of the different instruments and how they're being played and what the chord progressions are. And talks about how the music is constructed. Really, it's really, really interesting. That? Yeah, yeah, and you ignored it. You di- you didn't see it. Uh, well, shortly after I sent it, you sent me something on a completely different subject. So I think you were thinking about that and just didn't didn't register. Um, oh, but yeah. Go back and look at it. It's it's um, uh, it's actually really interesting. This guy. Uh, so it's it's called what uh, what makes the song great. The guy's name is um, uh, uh, I think it's Bill Beato or something like that. Beto, huh. uh, yeah. and I, I sent you one. He's got, I think it was episode three, where he's breaking down a Steely Dan song. But 
he does country songs and pop songs and and rock songs and he's he's kind of my age i think he's like within a couple months of my age so he's probably, now when you say he's you know, breaking it now what is he doing is he separating so the voices he has from, uh, each song broken like down that? into separate audio tracks so he he'll play the instruments the drum line the the bass line the the guitars the keyboards he'll play them each independently he'll he'll do the vocals he'll talk about how the song is constructed what the structure of it is how they uh you know what the chord progressions are how they um uh uh transpose or how they how they shift from the from the uh, main melody into like the chorus and then back and 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 just any kind of e- interesting things it's just a very interesting and very intricate breakdown on on such a musical uh, music student kind of thing right oh very much so yeah this guy he he's a uh, a producer and songwriter and uh, he's a retired songwriter um but he's uh but he still does some producing and it's he's sitting in his studio but what i think is interesting also and i I know i've seen several people's comments going where does he get this how does he get this the 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 original studio recordings how's he breaking all this out you know because he's he's doing lots of songs and there must be some software that's separating it all out for him because i can't imagine that he has access to the master tapes so that he can go and uh and uh, you know, play the drum line or just the bass line from stuff. And when he well, does, sometimes sometimes you'll hear the bass line, and in the background you'll hear a little bit of the other music. So that's what's making me think is that he's using some sort of AI software to extract that stuff out. Yeah, uh, I saw something like that that converts to MIDI. You know, and then mm-hmm. you could change the voices if you want for different uh, lines. Right. Now there's 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 one associated with MIDI because that's basically where you start with a lot of MIDI and usually that's constructed, you know, a line at mm-hmm. a time or an instrument at a time. Yeah. From uh, from some kind of a controller device. Yeah. Uh, well, I know he's using um, Avid Pro Tools to play this back, which is a digital recording studio software, and perhaps that's built into Avid. I don't have that. Maybe you know, built into Pro Tools, or perhaps mm-hmm. he has a um, an add-in. You know, a plug-in for the for the software that just does that for him, but uh, but it's very cool to be able to take a song, break it down, and see how they do things like when they do um, uh, multi-tracking of voices to to make it sound fuller and more like a chorus. You know, and it's the same guy, or sometimes it's somebody singing harmony with themselves. You know, in in the songs. Yeah. And 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 he literally has hundreds of episodes of different songs, so you can uh, I you know, again he his his taste in music matches mine just because of his age um probably uh but but there's a, a a broad swath of genre there that he he plays with um he does say in a couple of the videos very specifically there are some some songs and some bands that he can't can't do because as soon as he does it they issue takedowns like he's they you know if, if he uses their music they won't let him run the video uh, yeah and so and he also points out that almost all of them even if they don't do a takedown uh, they complain to YouTube, and YouTube then takes you know won't let him uh, get any money from any ads run on his on his show because they demonetize because he they're not allowing him to to monetize from somebody else's music. Even though I would argue yeah. he's monetizing from what he adds to it, not to, from the music itself. Um, but you know that's an argument he can have with them. I just find it really interesting to have somebody who really knows music break it down, and it's interesting too because just watching the guy he's a talented musician because he'll listen to something and then he'll like he'll he'll literally listen to it pause it then 
on his guitar play the chord progression for you and go, okay, so that's what that is. This, that's this. You know, he's figuring it out sure. there, kind of live as he's recording it, saying, here's what they just did. You know, and he'll play it for you. And he does it on the guitar. He does it on the bass. He does it on keyboards. The only thing I haven't seen him do is set up a drum kit and go, okay, here's what he was. <laughs> the guy's really you know, talented. Uh, you know, in the music field, uh, it it's always stunning to me, especially when you have blind people. They they have no choice but to just hear it and learn what that sound is. And and mm-hmm. and if they're born with perfect pitch, there's there's a a young fella. Wish I could think of his name. I've got I've got a couple of his albums, but he just listens to a song and then sets and creates his own version and improvises based on that, and it's just incredible. I mean, the guy, yeah. uh, it's just amazing because he just hears it all and then fills in all these nice frilly little runs and stuff uh that's a mm-hmm. that's a real real uh god-given talent you know yeah i i just love it and the other yeah. one of the professional musicians i was watching a show one time and i i forgot what it was called but it was kind of a music techniques kind of a thing and i don't know why garth brooks was on there but man is he no music that guy yeah. has such a such an understanding of of all kind of aspects of music and yeah i realized I, I that a few years ago i was listening to him talk about something and he is a student of music and all genres all genres oh, yeah i mean he he made it big yeah. in country but growing up he listened to to you know like 70s rock and roll that's what he listened to and right. so he's a fan of that as well and he he understands song construction music progressions timing i mean he just he really does he you're right he's he's a uh i don't want to say savant because i believe he's actually worked really really hard at making sure that he understands all that stuff because he he cares well, about just, it so much just, just a true professional you know he just cares but, yeah, about it exactly so much yeah uh, no that you're right so. that's the right way to phrase it is is he 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 uh invested the time to become an expert at what he does um, you know, the funny thing is, is that being an expert and really understanding all of that stuff still doesn't have anything to do with the ability to write an interesting or, or, or listenable song, though, because there's people who understand all kinds of music theory and have never written a song that anybody wants to listen to. And people who have written amazing songs who don't really understand music theory at all. They just learned how to play a guitar, you know, or learned how to play, you know, yeah. uh, piano or keyboards. So, you know, it. It's yeah. it's it's funny how the the spectrum is spread across there, you know. You you know but, I uh, I I remember uh, I think it was a movie called I think the title was Mozart uh, that was kind of a hit many years ago, and it had it was really a story of this other guy who was yeah, jealous or envious of Mozart's talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and he could he just loved the music so much. But he was frustrated because he couldn't do it. And I always imagined Bob Dylan yeah. sort of being like that. He knew how to write really interesting and, and poetic lyrics, and he and and he was good at putting it together with, with the music line. But when it came to performing, the poor guy just didn't have the vocal cords to do it. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, he's got the voice of a toad, but 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 the uh, but the conception and, and genius of an angel, right? Amadeus but, but is the movie you're thinking of, by the way. 
That's it. Amadeus Mozart. Yeah. Is his first name, right? Yeah. And Sal- anyway. yeah. Uh, Moz- uh, Amadeus Mozart. Yeah. His uh, Salieri was the guy who um, yeah. uh, was was envious of him, and yeah. and it was played by F. Murray Abram, and it's oh, interesting yeah. too because during their life, Salieri was actually considered the amazing. You know, he was the he was the guy. Oh yeah. Um, but he knew. He knew by listening to the music that he says, I can't do what that guy does. You know, I just can't. He's yep. he's that good, and he's going to be remembered, and I'm not, because he he's phenomenal. And he recognized it, even if other people didn't initially. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. apparently, and, and as he's played in that movie, Mozart was, was a bit of a pill as a human being. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that sort of got in the way of his ability to actually have a job and be recognized for the genius that he was. Uh, but certainly later on, people. Uh, I, I uh, might uh, pull that movie up and watch it again. It just uh, it yeah. was a good movie. Yeah, Tom Hulse plays Mozart, and F. Murray Abrams plays Salieri, and it. Yeah, it was released in 1984. It is a great movie. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. A little over two hours long, though. So uh, have your pause button ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know. That's, there's too many movies like that. You know? Yeah, but if they're good, but you know what? Good, that's one so where. Yeah, I was gonna say that movie's one where you know if they cut it shorter, they would have missed something, and if they'd gone longer, they would have had stuff they didn't need. It was just that is a really really good movie. And, In fact, and they the got American some, Film Institute awards. rated it uh, number fifty three in the uh, hundred best movies uh, in the first one hundred years of film. Wow! Yeah, I knew it had to. Yeah. and they got uh, Abrams uh, that played the. The lead role was it was yeah. it Abrams is F Murray Abrams a- Abram yeah there's not an S on it it's yeah. just F Murray Abrams and he he got he got an award, Academy Award I think for his portrayal I seem to recall that too yeah leading role is and yeah he got an Oscar for the leading role is Antonio Oscar. Solari yeah. in the drama Amadeus yep yep yeah yep yeah it was um, yeah the two of them to together I mean just the the uh, the Tom Hulse played Amadeus, you know, played Mozart with such abandon. He was just, you know, just loony and 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 yet this genius and and the the spite and 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 fire in in F. Murray Abrams eyes as Salieri when he would look at him and go, you know, why did God bless this buffoon with so much talent? (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) <laughs> As I recall, he played a young Mozart. He was not yes. maybe in his twenties at most. You know, uh, he was real young and playful. Yes, well, playful is one way to put it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but but Mozart died fairly young. I mean, he he was not. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, he didn't live that long. I mean, let's see, seventeen fifty six to seventeen ninety one. So. Uh, he died at age 35. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to believe all of the, you know, the, the work that we have of his that's, that's you know, uh, made it through the years. And, uh, and he, you know, he was 35. Yeah. So. Yep. You know, most of the time uh, growing up, I'd have to play all these classical composers, Litch and Mendelssohn and, and lots of different uh, uh, mm-hmm. Schumann and, and so I remember the names but usually when I saw a picture of them they were old men <laughs> you know right now I didn't 
I didn't uh, grow up thinking Mozart was an old man. I, I may have thought he was an old man until well, I saw Well, it's because they wore movie. those wigs, right? So he had white hair. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so all the Maybe pictures they... you see of Mozart, he looks old. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. And when you're a kid, 35 is old, right? Yeah. It's funny. Um, you know, it has nothing to do with tech, and we've gone way afoot a of that. But uh, I was just looking at that list of uh, the American Film Institute's you know, 100 greatest films in the first 100 years of film. And they ranked them in 1998, and then they ranked them again in, in 2007. And, uh, you know, few changes. Some, as you get down mm -hmm. into it, are fairly significant moves. But, uh, but number one on the list, Citizen Kane. Number two, as of 2007, right? is Godfather. Number three, Casablanca, nineteen forty-two. Uh -huh. Number Bogey. four, Raging Raging Bull was number four, and number yeah. five, Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly. Oh wow, I remember that dancing. Yeah, oh, that was uh, Astaire. Fred Astaire was in there too, wasn't he? Uh, was but he? In, I don't think he was in together? that one. I, oh, they well, were together I in some, but but no, that was um, it was Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly, and Debbie oh. Reynolds was in Singing in the Rain. Okay, yeah. They they were in some things together, but uh, uh, there was some overlap. You know, Astaire being yeah. a slightly older generation well, than Kelly. But uh, I, yeah, I Kelly remember was... watching it because I needed a a class to graduate when I was in college. I needed a um, uh, uh, I can't remember what it was, but I needed a class in a certain category, and uh, and I what fit my schedule was uh, history of American theater on film, uh, or uh, history of yeah no it was history of American musicals on film <laughs> and so it was a tuesday thursday class so every tuesday we would come into the auditorium and we would watch an old musical you know night mm -hmm. follies of 1937 or whatever and then and then we would then talk about it and he would lecture on it and give us tests and quizzes on it then on thursdays and so uh yeah i got to sit and watch gone with the wind the only problem was is that they, the class was only so long, and then there was another class that came in behind it. So sometimes we didn't get to see the end of the movie. That's really frustrating, by the way, when you're watching a movie, and they go, okay, class is up, and they shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. dude, you know, we're, we're 10 minutes yeah. from the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was funny because I laugh about that class, but there was it was actually very interesting because there were a lot of, um, you know, old movies uh, from the golden age of, of Hollywood that were old musicals that I would have never sat and watched on my own. Uh, yeah. That were actually really interesting. And you learned a little bit about the history of how they were made and what was going on. Like the famous sing where, uh, scene where he's singing, um, singing in the rain, uh, Gene yeah. Kelly. Uh, With the actually was, was, yeah. At the time, he was actually desperately ill and had 104 temperature and was really? sick as a dog. And they did the entire scene in one take, and then he went back and went to bed because oh but they needed to, they needed to get the film done and and so he show must go on right mm -hmm. so he went out did his whole bit and then went back to bed uh, oh. uh but there was debate as to whether or not he was going to do it because he was really not well but you certainly wouldn't know by watching it yeah man no, floated across the ground beautifully so yeah you know, we were to take it back to tech a little bit. You know, we were talking about music and stuff earlier. That's one thing that has changed significantly with music is the way it's constructed. Because there are now digital recording studios, and anybody can buy a piece of software and have the best professional recording studio in the world. Um, 
you know, all you need is a, a mic or an input for your instruments, or you don't even have to use instruments. You can play a few notes and then take those notes and adjust them up or down and construct the playing of a right. song without even ever playing an instrument. And that's what a yeah. lot of people in studios do. Um, and I think, you know, while there's something to be said for the precision of the notes hitting exactly when they're supposed to, um, it also takes a certain sense of, of, of um, humanity out of it. The music doesn't flow, you know, like, like a human drummer keeps rhythm, but there's always just a little bit of variance, you know? And if, and if, and if you're hitting perfectly like a metronome every single time um, with a programmed drum, it's not the same. And, and it's not just drums, you know, it's, it's keyboard sounds and, and voices now. They, they, you know, they uh, auto-tune and realign voices to make sure everything's perfect. And yeah. while that's cool and interesting, I think it also loses something, you know. I think, you know, you need to... Well, I, keep... I, I, I was listening to a show on Axios and, uh, a while back, and uh, I can't remember who... I can't You're talking about Access TV, right? AXS TV? TV? Right, that's yeah. refer the access, access is how they pronounce it, not not axios. I, oh, I, okay. Access. Anyway, yeah. Access. Anyway, just so people Any, understand anyway, what we're talking about. Anyway, there was a guy who was complaining about the fact that you know they did so much to his music after he left the studio, before they actually cut the the final and and put it on the market. And he says, you know, if you're going to go out on the road and perform these songs to promote the sh the show, he says you got to sound like the record. He says, so the preparation for the show, or for the road show, uh, took weeks sometimes trying to get the band to play and sound like the record. <laughs> yeah. You know, because there was a lot of subtleties and other things thrown in. I said, well, what are we going to do about this, you know? Yeah, some, how are we going to duplicate little... that live? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, eventually they overcame a lot of those things by just having other little sound effects boards and somebody else you know they insert them in the live show you know uh-huh so yeah it, it yeah well that's the it there's, there's a, a lot of live music is played along to a recorded track that adds in a lot of those things that they can't you know uh, yeah. uh, do and the, the bigger the name of the band the more people there they can afford to have on stage or the artist the more people they can have on stage so they have more and more live but the you know if you're not a big name then you're singing to a recording <laughs> With with your guitar, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, but they don't on your road show. You don't want anybody to think that you're mouse syncing. Remember that? Uh, oh handle? yeah, there was some in the rock and yeah, roll that's arena. There was that's happened to who? several different artists over the years. Yeah, where it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, you can maybe have your backup singers on there, but but uh, but the problem is, is that you know, in a lot of cases in the studio, I was talking about it earlier, they double track their own voice to make it sound richer. Which means that yeah. they then have to sing along with themselves in order to make it sound the same when they're singing live. But if right. they get out of sync, then people think, well, you weren't singing at all. You were just lip syncing, which wasn't necessarily right. the case. But that's how you get the sound is to double track your own voice because somebody else singing with you doesn't sound the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nasty catch-22, right? Um, yep. So. And, and But it does give you an appreciation for the studio artists and their ability to doctor songs. I mean, that's pretty yeah. amazing talent for, in itself. You know, the people really who put in these these little fill yeah. parts in the song, oftentimes uh -huh. that wasn't done during the recording. That was an after effect. Yeah, yeah. They'll come back in and put in a drum fill or, or uh, you know, a guitar solo or, 
or uh, you know some background vocals to make it you know punch it up a little bit here or there based on what the engineer and the producer want to do. Like you said, sometimes the uh, the original artist isn't even involved, although some some original artists are absolutely involved and you know won't allow anything to happen like that. A lot of it, I think, right. depends on on how much sway you have with your recording company too, and how much you know contractually you have control over it because. You may not even have control over it, even if you don't like it. Yeah. They may say, tough, this is what we're doing. You know, they're yep. putting together a product that they can sell. Yeah, it's 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 tough life, you know. And it's funny, too, these days <laughs> you look at, like, who wrote a song, and usually because of all of that adding in from the studio, they'll list mm-hmm. eight or nine people who are the writers on a song because – you know, everybody added, you know, all these people added a little bit that wasn't part of the original writing. And they all so they all get a little bit of writing credit. Yep. Yep. They want recognition. Yeah. Which on on one side is kind of irritating, but on the other side, you know, they should you know, why shouldn't they get some of the dues and some of the 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 royalties coming in from that song over the years? You know, right. If. if you know, I, I remember distinctly listening to an interview one time where Paul Simon was talking about a song that he did and his song, uh, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. And what's very unique about that song is the um, some things. But, I mean, there's a very specific syncopated drum track that, that the whole thing is kind of played around. The song was built around that drum track. That was done by Steve yeah. Gadd, who's a very famous jazz and, and, mu- and studio musician, the drummer. You know, huh. he didn't get writing credit on the song, and yet that song sung without that drum track wasn't the same. It wasn't the same song. You know, yeah. Today By the he way, probably did, would. Today he would probably six, get writing credit on it. Did you do see sixty minutes last night? Fifth uh, dimension. No. Oh, fifth dimension. Actually, um, you know what I did? Uh, they just released their first song and their first album in like twenty or thirty years. Uh, it's not actually a fifth dimension, it's just two of the former fifth dimension people, Marilyn right, Nakou and had a, Right. That's right. all they had on the show. Right. And, it was- and on CBS uh Sunday morning they did a big thing on them. My guess is they're probably signed to CBS Records and that's why both CBS sixty minutes and CBS Sunday morning had them on. <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed it because I remember a lot of those old songs, you know. Yeah. They, they play uh yeah. variety of things. It was interesting how they got the the band's name and and all that, you know, back a little early history of of the group and how they yeah. pulled it off. Yeah, together. there was five of them, and Dimension sounded cool, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, because they were originally named something else, and they decided that sounded two fifties, and they wanted to sound you know modern in sixties and seventies. Yeah, and, and it's always uh, these people uh, that in the recording industry always have a story to tell about a song they didn't want to record. So this is going nowhere. What happened? Number one. <laughs> one yeah. Is, you know? Isn't it amazing how often the artists themselves don't don't know what is and isn't a hit? You know? Right. They know yeah. what they like to sing and what they like to play, but that isn't always yeah. what goes over with listeners. And it's funny how, yep. the, you know, the, the writing the song and being able to pick out the hit are different skill sets, you know, which is oh, why absolutely. you've got, you know, uh, recording companies and RNA guys who say, yeah, this is what I can sell to a radio station. Uh, I'll get them. I'll get you airplay, play this song. Uh, it's, yep. it's interesting. I was also impressed at, um, cause you know, you haven't heard anything from them in so long. Um, her voice, Marilyn McCoo was great. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah, she sounds good. she's got pipes. I mean, she always sounded good, but, yeah. um, but I mean, they've been married 51 years and she's in her seventies and, and you wouldn't know by listening to her. No, 
Still a good-looking gal, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful so. woman, and, and wow, can she sing. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's funny. I, 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 I'm tempted to look and see who's releasing their new album, because I would bet you it's CBS Records. <laughs> Since they got picked up on both <laughs> the CBS Sunday Morning and on, on 60 Minutes. Yeah. That uh, I would bet you, I would bet you bucks that it's, uh, in fact, I, I would bet that it's probably even the same interview. They probably just played it twice. Could be. Yeah. You know, um, I don't remember who the uh, the person was interviewing them, the woman. It was it was a woman, but I don't, remember, I don't know who she is. I don't, but uh, uh, it was funny because she, the, the woman, at least the, what I was watching, she was like singing along and kind of dancing with him because she she loved that music too she's of that of that age remembers it you know yeah yeah that that's the same gal she's a 60 minutes reporter oh okay well she also does cbs sunday morning you know so there's they all work for the news division right Right. yeah so they just took that same segment and played it two different places that's what that's what they did you saw the same stuff yeah as soon as you start talking about that i said "Hmm, that sounds like the show i saw (laughs) yeah i was gonna say it's typical on my morning i get up and i watch that cbs morning you know, on Sundays, um, uh, and and then and then I watch some of the news shows before church. So, because uh, uh, they're on early here, I think they're on later in the day there, right? Like the morning uh, the news, Sunday morning the, show. Yeah, come on at yeah, nine well, o'clock here. Okay, see, and here it's six on like at time. six. Yeah, it's on six yeah. here. So, uh, and even though they had, you know, they could tape delay it and have it on the West Coast at a later time, they don't. And so I yeah. get that. So that's on early. So when I wake up, that's usually what's on. So I watch, you know, all right. If I'm not watching it directly, I have it on because, you know, they do lots of interesting like just, you know, here's what's happening in America. And, you know, that it's one of the few shows that's run out of a news department anywhere in the country that actually tends to have some positive stuff once in a while. You know, it's nice to hear about yeah. the farmer in, in Iowa that that uh, that found, you know, that if he uses, you know, poo from his chickens he's able to get bigger corn or something you know it's just like yeah. i like to hear that. every once in a while you just want to hear something that's not you by, know everything's going to hell in a handbasket but by, by the way i watched both of those shows and i thought what i said 60 minutes i i was mistaken there were three segments on 60 minutes of which one really got my attention and i want to bring it up now uh did you uh, if i don't know if you record 60 minutes or not but Everybody needs that. Don't have to. You can stream it if you have CBS uh, streaming. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, that that segment on the Iranians sending 616 uh, medium range ICBMs into the base in Iraq, uh, that where our American troops were, that was amazing. And we all of the guys survived due to a little bit of luck, but some really smart commanders. When and did this occur? When? It, what's the it, time? Well, it was uh, within two weeks after Trump had gone after their lead general and wiped him out. Remember the two? The, okay, yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah, and I and I and um, well, I didn't realize I, there was a retaliation because I don't think it got much news play. No, it didn't at all. This was, like, I think, the first uh, scene, video of it. Interviews uh-huh. with them and, and and the pictures of the base and everything. Mm-hmm. It was amazing that those guys survived this attack, and uh, took a. Uh, it was a lot of luck, but they had evacuated half of the base before this, and mm-hmm. and it was just after they knew that they uh, uh, some announcement. They were tracking. They had great intelligence on this from the Iranians, and mm-hmm. uh, so the, the, 
and the, that general in charge just made all the right calls. The biggest problem, though, was fitting everybody into the bunker when they when they ran for their ran for cover once the IBM started coming in, and just pure luck that they all managed to get there and get into safety. But they that the the bunker was full after about eight men, but they stuffed forty guys in there. Holy moly! <laughs> well, th so, that also begs the question: Why don't they have a bigger bunker, or more bunkers? Well, come on, well, guys. The bunkers weren't made for the guys, but they just sort of figured out, you know, of the people they still needed to be there in case right. something else they, they planned for all contingencies. Sure. Uh, but but they all survived. I mean, there were some injuries, but uh, uh, no no one killed. And I, I thought it was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And yeah. they had Well, talk about some positive of, news, right? Why aren't we yeah, playing had, that up more? They had videos from the guys that were off the base that had escaped and they were looking mm -hmm. back toward the base with cameras and watching these things come in. And, man, the guys mm -hmm. that were close in, uh, well, they got some, some, some serious injuries out of it, though. A lot of them have brain damage. You oh, know, they didn't die, but, but, they, but concussions, you know? Right. Because they were so close to this. And the guy says something about a smell. I forgot what it was. That's just they smell all the time. It messed up a smelling. Uh, uh, so that's part of the brain so, that was damaged is their sense of smell. So they, yeah, can you apparently. imagine? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, these these guys are heroes. Most of them got, you know, uh, war, ribbons and awards and all that. Uh, but uh, it was the most interesting thing I've ever seen on 60 Minutes. You know. Huh. I've, I'll have being, to go back and watch. Being ex-military, you got to see it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you know, being an American, it's probably worth watching to see how how um, yeah you know how how what it's like you know those young men and women yeah. that are that are you know serving overseas like that what what you know how bad it can get. I mean, obviously, it's not bad yeah. like that every day for everybody, but but um, it can go very bad very quickly. And they're they're you know they're putting their lives on the line for 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 our country. Uh, whether you yep. agree that they should be there or not, it's a whole other thing. The fact of the matter is, they're there. And uh, and they they certainly should get our support and 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 gratitude, uh, and thank goodness that uh, that they survived. Yeah, I'm looking for. I'll watch that. Yeah, and and I'm thinking, you know, since that time, they probably didn't want the the, the world to know about it, so it's probably been classified until they uh -huh. get all of the guys in safe conditions where they can uh, where they can survive in a better way. Right. Yeah, and you're right. That's probably why the, 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 it wasn't in the news, you know, a bigger bigger thing made of it in the news because the military didn't release it, didn't let it out, you know. Right. Plus, you you know, if if somebody hits back at you, you don't you don't want to give them press about hitting back, right? You know, that's 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 counter to right. You know, to right. the entire effort there. So don't give them fact, any I've, news. In fact, since I have it recorded, I'm going to go back and watch it today because I'm sure there was stuff I missed the first time around. It was just sure so much coming at you, you know. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Well, Todd, I think it's about uh, yep. hour and a half is over. Yep. Uh, we've hit our yeah. hour and a half, and we've gone so far off of tech so much today that uh, today, you know, we, we should consider renaming it from Generation Tech to just Generation Talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... We talk about technology in a lot of different areas, you know. And that, we do, that, we do, uh, honestly, yeah. And, and and a lot of the a lot of the conversation has carryover, you know. 
I mean, yeah. uh, we didn't even go into the technology involved in, in uh, you know, how they, you know, like in that attack, you know, the, the um, you know, how monitoring incoming attacks and being aware of what's there and, and the fact that, you know, uh, cruise missiles are, are fairly inexpensive, low-tech things to build now. So it's something that, you know, countries like, you know, uh, Iraq can have access to yeah. fairly easily. You know, well, and actually, capabilities you know, that I, out of the out of the sixteen out of the sixteen missiles, eleven of them hit the base, so five of mm-hmm. them went awry. Yeah, so. percentage-wise, that's actually pretty poor, but because they're yeah. relatively inexpensive, I say relatively. I mean, you know, all else being yeah. equal. Um, but they had, that. But they had pictures of the damage, and it was extensive. You know. Yeah. And of course, there were no airplanes there, so. Right. They, they got those out. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I'll watch that. You uh, have a wonderful Monday, and I will uh, get this posted for podcast downloads as soon as possible. Thanks for joining us on Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Jack Brinker. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.